Today I want to be, I want to speak on the blessing of God. And, uh, I have, by the grace of God, maybe it's a little different perspective on this. And I want to share that with you right from the Word of God. Amen. God's blessing during adversity. God's blessing during adversity. You'll find in Acts chapter 3 verse 26, it says, to you first. Please say, to me first. I said, okay, that's great. To you first, God having raised his servant, Jesus, sent him to bless you. God raised his servant, Jesus, that means after his death. Right? After his death and after his resurrection, he was sent again to bless you. I thought the same question is already removed. What is this all about? I'm glad you asked. He sent him to bless you. In turning away Everyone, in turning away everyone from your iniquity, that's the desire to do what's wrong. That's that strong attraction to sin. He wants to separate you forever from that desire. Doesn't mean you may not sin, but the desire and the love of that is taken out of you. To separate you from that. From your iniquities. All of it. But in so separating you, that's the result of the blessing. He sent him to bless you. To separate you from that. And that also means, because Jesus bore our sins on his own body, he also bore our sicknesses on himself. To separate you from your sickness and disease. Matthew chapter 8 verse 16 and 17 tells us that. To fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah, he himself bore our sicknesses and our diseases on his own body. So he sent him to bless you. To bless you so that you will have no want. And you know the scripture. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now he sent him to bless you. Now did Jesus obey that command from his father? Did you receive him? Did you receive Jesus as your savior? Well, if he fulfilled what the Father gave him, guess what you have? You have what I call the blessing. Amen. Amen. You have the blessing. And the blessing is bigger, stronger, more powerful than any adversity you can face in life. The blessing will come upon that adversity on you during that time of adversity and overtake and swallow up the problem. 
That's the blessing. It's the blessings of the righteous. God already given that to you. You have the blessing of God upon your life. You have a blessing going somewhere to happen. You are God's blessing. It's upon your life. Because that's what the scripture says. Let me show you another scripture. And the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established. When you see it from the scriptures that God is already not going to bless you, he has the blessing upon your life. The only trouble, the reason why we are not experiencing that, we don't believe it. Or maybe we don't know about it. My people perish for lack of knowledge. But the day you know the truth, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. If you believe the truth. Contrary to what you are experiencing in, that, in the natural. By faith, it's contrary to what you are experiencing, but you believe God. Let God be true, and every man a liar. Even your own situation a lie. If he contradicts God's word. So, you have the blessing. In Ephesians chapter 1, from verse 3 and 4, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who is going to bless us. Is that what he says? Who has blessed us. So if he has blessed you, guess what you got? You got the blessing. You have the blessing on your life. Acknowledge it and believe it. Confess it and speak of the blessing of that God has placed on you. When Mary believed about Jesus, she spoke. She spoke. Thanking God. Even before the child was born, she spoke. When she saw Elizabeth, she spoke. When the word was given, and she says, Blessed is she who believes. For there shall be a performance of those things that were told you by the Lord. Nothing yet happening. But she believed. And she had the result. The only problem is we don't believe that we have the blessing. You are blessed. Based on God's word. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. Who has blessed us with what? Every spiritual blessing covering every area of your life. No matter what the problem, there is a blessing to take care of the problem. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places inside Christ. Just as he chose us. So, guess what? He chose you to be blessed. Amen. Just as he chose us in him. How many are in Christ this morning? I want to be baptized in him. I am in him. Just as he chose us to be blessed in him. Before the foundation of the world. How could you say you are not a blessing when God blessed you even before the world was? You are mistaken. You are wrong. He blessed you before you were born. He chose you before the foundation of the world to be called the blessed. And the blessing can swallow up any problem. Yes. See, Job was blessed. He had a problem, but the blessing overtook his problem. 
And when it was over, he was richer than what it was before the, the trouble, the adversity come. That's your portion today in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? That's your portion today. It's the truth. It's the truth. Not just going to church. God is God. He's a person. And he keeps his word. If you believe his word, he'll come through for you. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. What you've done, like I said in prison this last Thursday. I, w- I wasn't in prison. I went to preach in prison, okay? Yeah, this is, uh, please understand that. Uh, when, when you confess your sin, that's not when God found out the first time about it. That wasn't the first time God found out about the sin. He knew of it. But he chose you from the foundation of the world to bless you. He didn't exclude you. You're the one excluding yourself. He found you. All spiritual blessings. He says that we should be holy. He chose me to be holy. Set apart for him. I believe it. He calls me holy. You may not say holy. That's not your business. It's between me and my father. He calls me holy and I am holy. He chose me to be holy. Will his word be fulfilled? Oh yes. Can he perform what he promised? Oh yes. So I can declare before you, I'm holy. Based on his word. Amen. I know you're shrinking away from that, but I won't shrink away from what God says. That's when you open the, en- the door for the enemy to come into your life. It's the truth. It's the truth. To be holy and blameless. That's what it says. Holy and without blame. Before him. In love. As I said here before, Jesus prayed in uh, John 17. That prayer never leaves my mind. He said to his father, that was his high priestly prayer. He said to his father, that the love that you have for me may be in them. May be in you, Nancy. Did that prayer get answered? How could someone say Jesus prayed and he never got answered? Well, I believe he got answered. And I believe I have that love in me. You have the love in you. The only problem is we don't believe it, so we struggle. If you can believe, all things are possible. What is it to believe? Believe that God will keep his word. Believe that God will keep his promise. That's all. That's faith. If you believe that, when God said, if you confess your sins, He, God, is faithful and just to forgive you your sins. So God cannot overlook you because He's just. It doesn't matter if it was a murderer or a thief or a liar. If they confess the sin, God's faithful to forgive their sins. Faithful and just. Just meaning, he's not going to say, well, your case, I can deal with that. No. He's faithful and just to forgive you your sins. And the Bible says, and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's what God said. And if God said it, he is bound to keep his word. So if you confess your sins, then God forgives you. And then he cleanses you from all unrighteousness. You are no longer unrighteous. 
If you have been cleansed from all unrighteousness, how could you be unrighteous? When God is the one that cleansed you from all unrighteousness. Uh, turn to your friend or someone sitting by you and tell them, you are looking at righteousness right here. This is righteousness. I know it's hard for some of us. <laughs> he says, uh, I fought with my wife while I was coming to church. So I can't say that, Pastor. I, I can't say that. I, I can't say that. God doesn't care about your opinion, okay? That's good. He doesn't care about your opinion. He said it and it's forever established. Amen. He says, you are the righteousness of God in him. That's what uh, um, I believe Second Corinthians 5 verse 21. We are the righteousness of God in him. He sent him to separate us from all righteousness. And when it's true, I am the righteous. If you don't say amen, I will say amen. Okay, it's good. Oh yes, and I'm happy about it. God cannot lie. All he's asking for is for you to believe. I asked the prisoners, and I don't know why I'm talking about prison ministry today. I asked them, how many lies do you have to tell to be called a liar? He says, one. I said, all of us are liars. Right? Pastors and popes, all of them. If you've told one lie, we're all liars. And Revelation 21 verse 8 says, all liars are going to... Yeah. (laughs) There's no hope for anybody. (laughs) But thank God, he sent him to bless us. Amen. He sent him to bless us and separate us from our sins. So that's why Romans... Chapter 8, no, chapter 6, verse 14. He says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Because you are not under the law, but under grace. And then in verse 18, he says, you were a servant of sin. You were a servant of sin. But now, you are a servant of righteousness. You can check it. A servant of righteousness. A slave of righteousness. You have a new master. Amen. And so when sin comes back and he wants you, he wants to pretend to be your master and do this, you know, I can't serve you anymore. My master will not be happy with me if I obey you. My new master is really strict. I am a servant of righteousness. Because God sent him to bless you. That's what it is. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That all your sins are forgiven. And now you are the blessed in Christ. God has blessed you. That's the news we should proclaim. You see, in the Bible again, go back to the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the matter be established. This is what Peter tells us. Second Peter 1 verse 3. He says, as his divine power has given us, how many things? 
all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's the blessing. If it has to do with life, the blessing takes care of it. If it has to do with your spiritual life and your love for God, your church attendance, your devotion, that's another blessed type of blessing. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. So I can be godly. If I say I'm, I can't be godly, then I make God, I make God a liar. And because of your unbelief, you will be ungodly. But if you believe the truth, guess what? That power that brought the universe, the words of God that brought the universe into being, that same power enters into your being and you just godly. You're just a godly. That's faith in believing God. That's how a man's life is transformed. From being a wicked man and then nobody knows what happened. But God has formed a new man inside of him. Recreated this man. He still looks the same. But inside, he's a new creature. A new being. And it comes out to shows that God's in this life. The blessing is upon this life. God has blessed us. Not going to, he has blessed us. And we are the blessed of God. We need to acknowledge it. The problem is, we don't acknowledge it. We won't speak about it. We curse ourselves with our words and speak against what God says. And because of the natural circumstances, we turn around and say, well, we know God said that. And then they go with the word, but. And I often say, your but is in the way. Get out of it. (laughs) So that God can walk on this. Amen. As long as you keep confessing, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13 makes it very clear to us. You believe, you speak it. And if you can't speak it, you don't believe it. So speak about the blessing. Amen? Speak about the blessing. You see, the curse is no more. Generational curse, you all talk about that. Today, you curse that generational curse. Because upon your life has come, according to the word of God, not man's opinion, the blessing has come. As long as you keep believing in the curse, guess what you got? The curse. It runs in our family. Now, the blessing is running in my family. Amen. The curse is gone away. All things have passed away, right? Before we had a curse in our family. But the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, look, all things are passed away. With the curse and all of that gone. Now I'm living a new life in God. And I am the blessing. And I am the righteousness of God. And, and believe me, God doesn't want your opinion. The word of God is what takes preeminence. He's the word of God. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Read. Christ not going to, he has. I have no curse upon my life. That's in the past. What I have on me is the blessing. Not the curse. I have the blessing. 
Christ, after God raised him from the dead, he redeemed us from the curse of the law. He sent him to bless us. I, I love that scripture. Christ has been sent to bless me and my family from generation to generation. Oh yes. I've always felt my children are holy. Whether they like it or not, they are holy. They can't show their wild oats anywhere. It's not impossible. I reject that stupid stuff. That people say, let them go sow their wild oats or whatever they say. That's not for my children. God says in 1 Corinthians 7, they are holy. And I believe it. Amen. Those kids are holy. Please, I don't care about your opinion about them. It's just what God said. It's what God said. Let God be true and every man a liar. It's the truth. And if you believe it, it works. Because the eyes of the Lord goes to and fro. And the Bible says he watches over his word to perform it. To make sure that every time you are standing up to believe his word, God doesn't say, Oh, I missed that one. <laughs> oh, you understand? Oh, they mean it. Oh, I missed that one. I'm coming back to you. When I forgot. No, no. It's all there for us. If we believe it. I've often said, God will never overlook faith. It's impossible for God to overlook faith. If it's not happening to me, guess what? I can give all the reasons why, but the truth truth is, you don't have faith. Hey, why don't you own up to it? But if you don't have faith, that's not the end of it. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Dig deep into the book, and faith will be lifted from the book into your heart, and that will lift you up. That's the truth. That's the truth. The blessing is bigger than your adversity. Amen. The blessing is stronger than your troubles. To you, it's a big trouble. But when you have the blessing of God, think about this. This mighty God, with your little problem... The reason you don't have him helping you is the problem is bigger than your God in your eyes. But the day you see it bigger, God, I mean smaller than God, just nothing, God will begin to act on it. Amen? You see, is the blessing, the blessing of God is superior to your adversity. Listen. God told Abraham, this is scripture, in uh, um, Genesis chapter 12. He told Abraham, I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your, your family. And I want you to leave your fa- father's house. To a place that I will show you. That was all he wanted from Abraham. And then he told Abraham, if you do that, I will bless you. I will make a great nation out of you. I will bless you. 
I will make your name great. And in verse 4, the Bible says, you will be a blessing. And then in verse 4, he says, and Abraham departed. Did God come again to say, hey, Abraham, now that you have departed, I'm going to lay my hands on you and the blessing will come upon you. Nothing like that. The moment he stepped out of his family's house, the blessing came on him. That's the truth. God told him, come out. If you come out, I will bless you. He did come out. The blessing came on him. He did. The blessing came on him. But sometimes in life, the Bible tells us in Job, you know, it says, man, born of woman. It's about few days. You have few days and full of trouble. So troubles will come. That's what we experience. <laughs> but in face of the pro- trouble, uh, you have the blessing. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Guess what comes after that? You prepare a table before me in the presence of all this adversity. Amen. There's a table before you. According to the word of God. So Abraham experienced his. And he was a huge one. After he left his family. He says in verse 10. Now there was famine in the land. And Abraham went down to Egypt. To dwell there. For the famine was severe in the land. There must be something going on in Egypt. That happened again in the time of uh, Joseph. For some reason, that was the place to go. But he went there, even though there was famine, he was carrying the blessing. You know the story, he lied about his wife. The blessing is bigger than that, amen? (laughs) And while he was there, the blessing gave him unusual favor. Can I hear an amen? And for our church, this is a year of divine breakthrough, unusual breakthrough, and unusual favor. He had that on him. You know why? We have the blessing. We have the blessing. He says, because of Sarah, where he lied, because of his lie, if you will have it, he treated Abraham, the Pharaoh, treated Abraham well, for her sake. And then, look, he blessed him with sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female servants, employees. He was in a different place and now he has servants while he's living in a different land. He had some camels also. I call those ones his Rolls Royce. That was their Rolls Royce in their time, okay? Why else will he be mentioning Carmel? <laughs> I mean, think about it. But that was Genesis chapter 12. After he left, God blessed him. God said, I will bless you. But the outcome of that was a blessing in the time of adversity. I found out when things are tougher in the land, get ready to prosper. If you carry the blessing, 
every time things get bad and they are talking about the economy, you know why we suffer with them? Because we're saying exactly the same thing. We're preparing ourselves. Things are going to be bad. This country, I don't know what's happening with the United States. The economy is bad. Well, it can be bad for them, but you don't belong to the United States alone. You really belong to heaven. Amen. And you carry the blessing. So if in Genesis chapter 13 verse 1, he says, And Abraham went up from Egypt. And his wife and all that he had. And Lot with him to the south. Listen to what it says. Verse 2. Abraham was what? Listen, not rich. Okay? Rich will be an understatement. Very rich. Okay? The blessing had taken over. Right after he came out, he was no longer poor, right? Very rich. In livestock. I said, well, he just had animals. God says, wait a minute, after how often is this? In silver and in gold. God blessed him. You know, I've been talking a lot about righteousness at some time. Psalm 5 verse 12. Please always keep this scripture and always have this in mind. You are righteous before God. I don't, that's, God says so. Amen? God says so. For you, O Lord, will what? He will bless the righteous. God, every time he sees righteous, guess what comes after that? Blessing. He says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And guess what follows that? The blessing. We don't believe that. And we make all these calculations in our mind and we're living according to the flesh. We're not believing what God says. We're not standing on what God says so we never see. But we have to believe the blessing. Amen? God will bless the righteous. With favor, he'll surround the righteous as with a shield. In other words, you have so much favor around you there is no room, it's like a shield for disfavor or disgrace to come into your life. No room. He surrounds you with favor because you are righteous as with a shield. So they can come at you, but you'll never be hurt. No weapon formed against a child of God will prosper. That's what the scripture says. I need to go straight to, to Abraham because God gave this blessing to Abraham. But then he went on to Isaac. Isaac, he says in uh, 20, uh, Genesis 26, verse 1, there was, a, there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. So they know about the famine that happened. That was very severe. And out of it, God blessed Abraham. A good outcome because he carried the blessing. And everything Abraham did, you can read the very end. Everything that Abraham did was blessed. Everything. Because God has blessed him. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. 
Then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. You know what? In, in, we always want to make calculations. Please get this scripture. We think God did it this way last time. So I'm going to follow that way. God, God says, no, you're not, putting me, you're not putting me in a box. The stuff is not in Egypt. The stuff is in the blessing. So in his mind, there's famine again, like the one that happened in the days of Abraham. And I know what God, what happened then. My father went into Egypt and then he came back out blessed. So he's thinking, I got to go to Egypt. God says it's not in Egypt. You carry the blessing. Stay where you are. Stay where you are. And let the best blessing swallow up the problem. May the blessing of God upon your life this morning and you carry God's blessing. Again, turn to the person that's next to you. Say, you are looking at the blessing. I am the blessed. I'm going to come to that. It's it's so important. I'm going to come to that. It's so important. Because it's in the scriptures. Amen? I'm going to come to that. So God said, stay. Don't go. Because it's not in Egypt. You already have it. Why they are afraid to sow, don't worry about what they, what's happening to them. You go ahead and sow. And so he tells us, he stayed in the land, verse 12. And Isaac sowed in the land during famine. Everybody's thinking, this man has lost his mind. He's planting seed. Hey, sir, have you been told that there is famine in the land? What are you doing? But God said, just obey me. Because you carry the blessing. Listen to this. Isaac sold in the land and reaped the same year of famine. The same year he reaped a hundredfold. And the Lord, guess what? Blessed him. Amen. The Lord blessed him. And when God bless you, you will begin to prosper. And the man began to prosper. And continued prospering. Until he became very... Have we come across this word very before? (laughs) Very prosperous. And he says, and the Philistines envied him. He became the envy of the land when you are with God. And then the, the Philistines started giving him trouble. And, and he'll dig a well, they fill up the well. And so he moved. And then they realized, you can't fight the blessing. Can I hear an amen? You cannot fight this blessing. He will come after you and destroy you. So they wanted peace. And so they went back to Isaac. This is important. Listen to what, they, they, what uh, Abimelech did. In Genesis 26 verse 29, they were speaking to Isaac, Abimelech. And you will do us no harm. In other words, please don't kill us. Since we have not touched you, and since we have done nothing to you but good, and have sent you away in peace, You are now, speaking to Isaac, you are now the blessed of the Lord. You see what they are telling Isaac? 
they recognized the blessing. And they said to him, you are now the blessed of the Lord. We've seen it. We recognize that you are the blessed of the Lord. Amen. I'd like to do this again. Can you tell your fellow, (laughs) I am the blessed of the Lord. You are looking at the blessed of the Lord. Amen. Do you really believe that? Do we have some unbelieving believers here today? (laughs) Yes. I am the blessed of the Lord. That's really significant when your enemies are saying that. And that's what happened. I'm going to close with this. Because you carry the blessing. Everywhere you go. It can be recognized. Your employee can recognize that. Because we see that in the scriptures. Yes. Everywhere you go. They just love you. They don't know what to do. They fire everybody. But they can't fire you. And when they fire you. The reason is God knows if they don't fire you. You won't go to the next level. That he wants you to go. So while you are screaming and crying. Why are they firing me? God says scream on. I have a better place for you. Amen. I have a better place for you. They can recognize this. You know, Jacob carried the blessing. It goes from one generation to the other. Jacob carried the blessing and was with Laban. And this is, these were the words of Laban. Genesis 30 verse 27. And Laban said to him, please stay. Because Jacob was threatening to leave. And the man was thinking, I'm going to lose if this man goes. But he was his employee. He says, please, don't go. Stay with me. He says, please stay. If I have found favor in your eyes. For I have learned. Everyone say learned. By experience. That the Lord has blessed me. Because of you. You carry the favor. And I cannot afford to fire you. I need you here. So I can remain blessed. Say to yourself, I am the blessing. The blessing from the Lord. That's what the Bible says. He sent him to bless you. You know, Jacob, uh, Joseph's master discovered that, right? Joseph. Potiphar. He didn't take him time to recognize <laughs> there is something about this kid. If I leave everything in his hands, I'm going to be doing well. You know why? He carried the blessing. You have the blessing of God upon your life this morning. Can I hear an amen? Stop talking about unemployment and all of that stuff. And start confessing the blessing. Amen. Let's give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Would you bow your heads this morning? You know, there's, there's somebody here. You're saying, I've tried everything. God gave that to me earlier. I've tried everything. Nothing is working for me. 
Nothing is working for me. I'm not sure about this. Well, God wants you to know, today the change has come to your life. Things are going to change for you. And God's going to show you how strong his right arm is. God's going to bless you. But the key thing today, if you haven't made Jesus your righteousness, you're out of this completely. Today you can make Jesus your righteousness by inviting him into your life. You can do that. All you have to do is accept him. At the count of three, you know Jesus is here with us today and he's waiting. He said, I stand at the door and I knock. So Jesus has been standing at your door waiting for you to please let him come in. And you haven't listened. But today, by just raising your hand in his presence, you've indicated you want him into your life. You want him to be a part of your life. When you do that, you become the righteousness of God in him. And then from doing that, that's obedience, you then carry the blessing of God upon your life. And things will begin to change. For sure. Because God is true to his word. So at the count of three, if you're here and you want to dedicate your life to God, or you you want to rededicate your life to God, dedicate or rededicate, why don't you put your hand up? Because God will see your hand. All heads bowed. This is a holy moment. Let's wait on God. And let's be respectful of his presence here. But you, is between you and your father, your heavenly father today. Just lift up your hand and say, I want all of Jesus this morning in my life. At the count of three. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Thank you. I see your hand there. Thank you. I see that. I see that. Thank you. Amen. That's, that's a very holy moment before God. Because Jesus said, for one of these, there is joy in the midst of the angels in heaven. Because you raised your hand up today. And the Lord God acknowledged that. And his blessing will be upon your life. Would you all pray with me? Especially those that raised their hand. Pray this and really mean it from your heart. And Jesus, according to his word, will come into your heart. And you will be a new creature. And God will set you up to be a light to the world. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die for my sins. Lord Jesus, I confess my sins today. I repent of my sins today. I ask you to come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Help me to serve God throughout the days of my life. I request this from you, my Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. And everyone said, Amen. Put your hands together for Him. I know that prayer was answered. I know that prayer was answered. And there's a new child in the house of God today. In Jesus' name. And you can go your way, blessed of God, and doing great things for Him. Amen. Now, I want to say this. We had a lot of healings last Sunday and the Sunday before. I'm here, I keep hearing about them. A lot of healings. Uh, one person, don't want to mention name, but they, they had something to do with their ears, the ringing in the ear or something. 
that stopped even before prayer. That was gone. Amen. That's right. You understand? Yeah. That was Pastor Matt. He was healed before even prayer. That was gone. And you don't have that anymore, right? Yes. That's why I thought about this. You know, one of the things that you need to know, I need to mention this. Every being healed, all of them, no matter who they are, people get healed in the crusades and they get back home and it's like it didn't happen. You know why? Because you don't understand. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Your healing was a gift from God. And so the thief, the thief, that's what Jesus said. The thief does not come but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So he's coming to steal your healing from you. And he gives you all these false symptoms. And you say, it's back. God cannot heal you and unheal you at the same time. So from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And you have to tell that they know. I was in Africa preaching with some of my pastor friends. And this woman was, I mean, she was bent over. And God straightened her up. But she heard a message. Pastor said, if Satan brings the sickness, the feelings, or the symptoms back, all you need to do is laugh at the devil. Don't even pray about it. Laugh at the devil. Day after the service, she was healed. She gave her testimony. I need to take time to do it. It's very important. She gave her testimony. And back there, they walked back home. Through the past to get to their home. As they were going home, the symptoms returned. And she doubled over. And she was, oh my God, it's back. And then she remembered. Pastor said to laugh. So she started going, ha ha, ha ha ha, ha ha. I'm laughing at the devil. Guess what? Straighten back up. Amen. Straighten back up. That's usually the trick of the enemy. When he comes, say, oh, it's you again. That he's been taken care of. Amen. That's how we keep our healing. There's a lot of message on how to keep your healing. Because Satan messes with our mind. The battle is in the mind. And he's trying to convince you that God didn't do it. That's why the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Stand up, we're closing now. So, you're healed. And that's it. He's taken care of. You may fight the battle a few days. But once he knows you know the truth, he leaves you alone. And he says, let's go do business somewhere. He's not working here anymore. Amen? I know his tricks. We are not unaware of Satan's devices. Amen? So we got the, we caught the thief. Every time you catch the thief, spank them to pay back. Okay? <laughs> Would you lift your hands up to the Lord this morning? And our prayer partners will be up here. If you need any prayer for whatever, please come to our prayer partners. They will pray for you.